Hi, and welcome to an episode of the Jet Rails Podcast. I'm Robert Rand, your host. Today, we're going to be talking about new e-commerce payment standards. Um, in essence, the credit card industry as a whole has kept the needle moving. Um, it's it's not uh, a static thing to keep credit card payments moving in a secure and an efficient way. Um, so that certainly has an impact on e-commerce users. Um, and we thought it would be great to tackle with an old friend. Uh, I've got Alex Pawlowski from the Collins Harper team uh, here on the line with us today. And uh, Alex was one of our first guests, uh, recurring guests uh, on the podcast. It's been some time. Alex, how are you doing? Thank you for inviting me over again. The first and I hope not the last, uh, by all means. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's going great, uh, despite of all the pandemic things. Uh, everybody's moving online. So it's actually very, very productive uh, year. Uh, despite of everything that's going on in the uh, in the world, and happy to be uh, invited to your podcast again. Yeah. So, what's cooking at, at Collins Harper? Just uh, <laughs> get, getting through the days like the rest of us, or uh, a lot of actually an influx of work. You'll be surprised. Um, a lot of companies use the downtime um, to uh, brush up. Uh, the projects that they have been delaying and delaying. Others are so flooded with business because everything is moving online since uh, most people are quarantined in their houses, et cetera, et cetera. So we see we see boom in uh, uh, large to medium-sized uh, e-commerce uh, clients, uh, payment clients, shipping clients. They all want to push the um, projects away that were delayed before for their busyness or any other constraints. Sure. So they want to get out of this pandemic uh, on top of their competition. So we see some very positive movement on the on the large scale uh, merchants, e-commerce providers and uh, payment integrators and the like and such. It's interesting, you know, it, technology usually innovates at a particular speed. Um, I think that we're seeing a change in that overall uh, in businesses moving into e-commerce and moving into the digital landscape businesses, <laughs> uh, you know, it, taking time to evolve. Obviously, a lot of this has to do with cash flow. Um, so it sounds like you've got a, a good customer base that was well positioned for this or that's in industries that, uh, that are, are maybe more likely to be positively impacted than negative. Uh, here at JetRails, like, we're seeing a lot of the same um, you know, we're here for our customers that, uh, that are having a tougher time, but, um, overall network traffic is up overall, you know, demand, uh, in the e-commerce world is strong. And there are even categories that I think were a little bit weak in some of the initial, um, days and weeks of this crisis, like, uh, fashion retail, um, online, at, at least the e-commerce portion, um, that have been picking up. And I, I guess, you know, we all need some extra sweats to wear while we're <laughs> while we're working remotely. So uh, it, it is interesting uh, to to see. And um, so let's dive in a little bit on some of these actual compliance standards that have been changing and evolving. Uh, I know the the biggest one that I've run into in the last year was um, PSD2 out of Europe. And what can you tell me about uh, impacts there, what that's all about? Well, it's been uh, in the works for quite a while. Um, this PSD, uh, what is this? First of all, it's a payment service directive. 
which doesn't say anything, but uh, it is uh, specific to European Union. So European Union has decided in its uh, infinite wisdom to adopt uh, PSD, Payment Service Directive, Directive that affects the banks, that affects the merchants, that affects customers, specifically in the EU or those dealing with the European Union. So the uh, Payment Service Directive has been um, around um, forever since the invent of the mobile phone. Uh, but since then, and what's the topic of today's discussion is called PSD2, Payment Service Directive 2, which is a second iteration of uh, this. And it's been around since 2015. Uh, uh, but the companies in the European Union have been given leeway to implement the directive um, until September 2018 deadline. So now we're in 2020. It must be. Um, on or you're off. It's also known as 3DS uh, uh, 2.0 ah. compared to the previous 3DS uh, 1.0. So actually, it's more known amongst merchants and integrators as 3DS, uh, which is uh, 3D secure compared to PSD. In Europe, maybe it's known as PSD more, but uh, amongst integrators and technology companies and merchants, it's... Uh, uh, known as AKA 3, 3DS 2.0. That's yeah. pretty much the, the gist of it. And there are implications uh, through throughout for merchants, for banking, for the whole industry, actually. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting that so many of these compliances in recent years are coming out of the EU, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's GDPR, uh, you know, we've certainly seen with other data compliance, um, you know, things come out of Canada, uh, in particular, related to things like email marketing, um, oh, in in the last decade, you know, yeah, castle, <laughs> castle legislation, very familiar. Me sitting uh, in Canada right now, still partly frozen. Um, yeah, castle Canadian anti-spam legislation, huge, huge. So what is um, so what is this specific? Yeah, this 3ds 2.0, this uh, this PSD two. What are the requirements on all of us? Uh, well, first of all, before the requirements, uh, I'd like to talk a little bit how it affects the industry players. So it affects uh, the banks, it affects the payment integrators, intermediaries, so to speak. It affects the merchants and it affects the customers. So how it affects the banks is um, this. So the merchants now, with customers' permission, and that's the whole uh, point of PSD2 or 3DS 2.0, uh, can access the customer's bank account uh, with customer's consent without any intermediaries directly through an API. So now what the 3DS 2.0 enables is a direct, uh, is an API um, access to the banking without any intermediaries. So that reduces the cost big time. Visa says claims that it improves the transaction times quite significantly because it doesn't have to go through certain gateways, et cetera, et cetera, and intermediaries, uh, payment um, integrators. It can go directly to the bank with customer's approval, and they can tap into the customer's bank information. And that's, again, within the EU. So you're talking about uh, German uh, uh, payment methods like SEPA, SEPA, and others, so on and so forth. Um, in the kingdom of the Dutch, <laughs> same thing is happening, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So uh, it's a direct access to the bank account. Uh, 
So Reminds me a little bit about uh, of payments in places like Brazil that have been typically more tied into the uh, the individual users, uh, you know, identification within the country and and other things that really cut down on potential fraud. So that's interesting. So that's another issue. It's it's um, uh, it eliminates the uh, intermediaries, a lot of them. It cuts down the cost because intermediary does not get their penny uh, for this direct. Um, uh, access to the banking information from a client, but it also eliminates fraud a lot because another point for the PSD2 or 3DS 2.0 is it's all about uh, fraud. So it requires two-factor authentication. Uh, it is tailored to sell, use in cell phone devices a lot. So everybody has a uh, mobile device at some point and it enables uh, uh, also biometrics. Hypothetically, um, hmm. not that you don't have to use it, but if you do use it, it enables um, more complex decision making for the anti fraud tools uh, because they pick up more data. So, for example, I, as a customer, go to the merchant that has the PSD2 implemented. If it's an EU merchant, they must by now, as of September 2018. And I say, I want to buy, you know, the item backpack i put it in the in the cart and i do the checkout and at the checkout i'm asked what payment method i want to use so i say you know i want to pay by my bank you know sepa um the payment method to germany and they ask me for the usual address phone number name but also they can send me a text um to my phone or if i have a banking application on my phone already it asks me to log in which is, and during the login, it captures uh, the customer's location. It captures the customer's, uh, the, the, the login, if it's a login, yes or no. Um, it uh, captures authentication on the phone as well. So for example, I've got uh, the one of the newer uh, iPhones that has this face ID. So mm -hmm. in order to get in, it, uh, uh, there is another level of authentication. I must log in through my with my face. On a lot of Android devices, there is this thumbprint, right, mm -hmm. where the, the fingerprint. So these yeah, are the some of the Androids are doing the, the the face scans now too. It's um, you know, so this all sounds highly American, right? We're going to cut out all the middlemen and destroy the whole capitalist chain in the mix. That that sounds very American, right? And uh, <laughs> and, and then we're going to go ahead and we're going to. Yeah, you know, we're, we're going to force people to give up all their their identifying information in order to make a simple purchase. That's so. This is def. This is something that that I think Americans were were looking for, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I wouldn't get into politics. I don't know about under which president it could be true, but uh, that's what you mandated, and that, that that's a mandatory thing. So if you are an online merchant, you have to be compliant with PSD two. <clears throat> sorry, as of uh, September twenty eighteen. And so the banks are, uh, are happy with it because transactions are quicker and they don't have to pay to third-party integrators to connect to them. Uh, the merchants are, uh, you know, the merchants are confused about it. At least they were before September 2018. It's mandatory, but also they think twice about it because on the one hand, it reduces the, um, uh, the fraud level, hypothetically. For them, and they see how because of two FA, two factor authentication, because of biometrics, because of um, deeper decision making. Uh, but on the other hand, the merchant, the burden to comply is on the merchant. 
and on the payment um, uh, integrators uh, that work with the checkout. You know, we work uh, a lot with Visa products like CyberSource, for example, that is fully compliant with uh, uh, PSD2 because they serve the globe, Europe, US, in Asia. Awesome. And, they can and, afford and other, and other the innovation yeah. that's going to go into making that all, all work. But, you know, I, I it's think it's a it, big push. Yeah, it's a big yeah. push to make this change. And everybody, remember this 2K, uh, Y2K? A uh, problem back back in two thousand, where people got afraid that uh, the year two thousand on the old machines would not uh, compute. Yeah, that, there was a rush to uh, program the nuclear stations and the power distributions and uh, and other old machinery, so that when the year two thousand clicks, it doesn't fail them. So same similar happened in before September twenty eighteen mm-hmm. with the payment integrators, the payment providers. Um, to comp- that service European market um, to be compliant with 3DS 2.0. It was a big push and everybody was in a rush and uh, yeah. it's not a quick thing to yeah. do. I know that in other markets, um, including in North America, you know, where I'm standing, uh, we haven't seen the adoption maybe quite as fast, um, just like with things like GDPR, that there may not be quite the same uh, overlap or, or impact um, on business, but I think it's just as much. Look, you know, how long did it take American businesses, you know, brick and mortar retailers, to start having people use the the chips embedded in their cards instead of swiping? It's that still went confusing. On. It's still yeah. confusing for a lot of people. Yeah, and, and the merchants are complaining about it because they say it takes longer. The big line, bigger lineups, and the people are confused what to do. They still swipe when there is a chip in the card. Uh, so there's a lot of confusion. Uh, EU gave them from 2015 until uh, September 2018 to implement it. So they gave them a few years. But, uh, you know, procrastination yeah. is the word that's commonly thrown around here. Everybody waited until the last moment. As yeah, always. look, uh, on this podcast, people have heard ad nauseum about uh, Magenta One End of Life and the most recent stats. Uh, you know, we're now into May of 2020. Um, that I'm seeing is is over 100,000 sites on Magenta One still live, and somewhere between maybe 30 and 40,000 uh, on Magento Two, and it is uh, it, you know it, it is very interesting to see um, just how all of all that all that plays out because again we're we're talking about standards and compliances like PCI compliance, um, and in many cases it's just like versions of PHP where a majority um, of Magento users that, that I run into that aren't on JetRails or on an outdated version of PHP that uh, that's not getting security updates, um, that's out of compliance. And so, you know, I, I guess this falls in, into those factors. Part of what, what I thought, you know, uh, I, I think got this topic uh, <laughs> under consideration between our teams um, was, in, in essence, uh, some of the changes happening in the Magento code base where Magento has been deprecating all of the payment gateways that uh, that were, I'll call them core bundled, um, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, in, in the Magento ecosystem, that, that uh, Magento basically included these extensions, uh, these payment modules off the shelf. And instead of just updating them, they've been removing them. They've been stripping them all out. Um, you know, and in essence saying, we're not going to be responsible for pushing out these updates, go get whatever you need out of the Magento marketplace. You pick, you deal with the upkeep, you you deal with the, uh, 
you know, the, the vendor that's producing that integration. Really interesting to see some of those changes. At first, I thought that that may have been to make way for Magento payments, but uh, as best as I can tell, that's been mothballed. So <laughs> hard to tell exactly what the future is is there other than um, working directly with, with teams that make these payment integrations. I know that your team does a bunch of them. Oh, we did quite a bit. We work with Visa. We work with Canadian uh, acquiring banks and uh, uh, and a lot of others too. And there was a big push to do it, um, this 3DS uh, 2.0 from all of them because they service uh, European markets and they have to comply with it. And that That's not a, a quick job to do. And large companies are better positioned in this case than uh, than the smaller ones. So, yeah, the smaller ones uh, struggled financially for the bill uh, because of this regulation. Mm -hmm. And then I suppose for the merchants, they've got to update or replace whatever integration that's going to come at at some sort of cost uh, to them that that they're going to be paying their their developers to make updates and maybe test in their dev side, test in their staging, push out to live and test that there's going to be as with all updates, some kind of a, a hard cost on the, the e-commerce business for upkeeping this. It is it is a cost because uh, for both integrators and the and the merchants as well, because they have to find provided at some point the extreme um, scenario is this. So the merchant was using uh, one payment processor. The rates are agreed upon. The integration is seamless at the checkout. Uh, the client doesn't leave the page. It's all uh, through an iframe. It's all great. Uh, but because of this compliance, this particular uh, uh, payment integrator decided not to comply or because EU is not a big market for them and they cannot be used anymore. That's it. So they have to look for another processor. And if it's a high risk business, for example, then their choice is limited for the merchant to find a, an acquirer that uh, would uh, take up uh, uh, the slack, that would take up credit cards and bank account payments for Europe for their specific product, if it is considered high risk in the industry. You know? Yeah. I mean, look, I'm typically for anything that's just about anything. that's going to cut down on credit card fraud. That's going to protect merchants from dealing with, with, with those headaches. Uh, you know, I've worked with lots of great companies out there that, that help in that space. Um, and, and that's certainly, don't point. That's the biggest selling point of it. Yeah. This uh, this uh, 3ds 2.0 was to uh, indeed fight fraud because fraud is rampant for the uh, large to medium companies. It's it's huge. Uh, online has been plagued uh, uh, for years uh, compared to brick and mortar. So brick and mortar has certain percentage of fraud uh, uh, take uh, uh, online at uh, three, four, five times as as big. Uh, so yeah, to 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 3ds 2.0 um, a benefit. It does work. So it does cut cut a lot through because it uh, becomes so much uh, more uh, complicated now to take a card and uh, the stolen card and go through the checkout as a fraudster to uh, have a successful checkout because now it requires an additional verification. Either yeah. you need to additionally hack the phone or uh, reroute the phone number and text messages going to this phone or have a login credentials for the bank account also 
to have it all stacked up. So it's additional work needed for the for the fraudsters to uh, to implement this. Yeah, it's interesting. It makes it very more difficult. Yeah. So this is really coming down to the payment gateway. What happens? Um, it, so already, you know, this is something that's already in force. If you if you're only occasionally selling to some well, and so let, let me go a little bit backwards on this. Mm-hmm. Does this impact? Let's say there, and I know travel right now isn't much of a thing, but I, I live in Florida where we get you know folks visiting for a few months a year. Um, if not, at least a few weeks, uh, oh, the snowbirds. Is, yeah. Is this an issue for us businesses, even taking credit cards from folks whose banks are based in the EU or is this really, um, for orders shipping to the EU or, um, where, where will someone run afoul of this, uh, potentially as a user? Are, are you aware of, of where they've really uh broken this down because like with gdpr um if you're not taking in any uh any data that relates to european consumers you're really not particularly impacted by it um as heavily in this case again i think part of the bigger impact is magento perhaps and and i might be wrong about this but magento deprecating integrations and and forcing people to go and and integrate something uh more up-to-date which i don't necessarily see as a bad thing but it's just a net impact. Yeah, to answer your question, it only affects EU and merchants in the EU. It does affect transactions from EU to outside, to say US or from US to EU. It's only EU to EU. And uh, only uh, European merchants must comply. Um, and it only affects, a lot of times it affects their uh, banks and the issuing banks, um, uh, European issuing banks. So uh, to answer your question, if a um, EU customer goes to US site to order something with the issuing bank being, uh, I don't know, Bundesbank something, you know, Raiffeisen in Austria, they take the credit card, they use it in the US store. Uh, it's it, The US store apparently is not compliant. Uh, nothing happens there. So it's all good. So it's, it's not like GDPR where mm-hmm. overseas businesses are, are directly impacted in the same way. That's interesting. Same as, as you, as a US citizen, you take your uh, Vacovia card or Bank of America or JP Morgan, whatever, the credit card, you go into European store online that's based in Europe, you buy something there you know, to be shipped to the States. Um, also, you will not be forced to you know, give access to your bank account because it's not integrated there. It's only for European banks. It's only for European merchants. So in that case, in that sense, it's uh, uh, it's good. It's okay for American merchants. They're not uh, affected in this way unless they operate in Europe. Hmm. When they operate in Europe, they have to be. Yeah, then all bets are off. Exactly. Okay. So um, just like in your example, quite right. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. So I guess that the... The the biggest implication globally here is going to be on um, simply in the Magento community, at least on the deprecation of of these integrations, which also includes deprecation of of Signify being um, you know a, a core bundled product. Um, I'll be sure to share a link in the uh, in the notes uh, in the description to the episode where, where folks can read more about this announcement from uh, Magento that, that came out a number of weeks ago. And this has been roadmapped. It's not uh, 
new news, but uh, in essence, um, you know, folks are going to need to deal with having a compliant gateway or, um, you know, getting something integrated as they upgrade to Magento 2.4 or uh, take other reasonable steps to keep their site up to date in the future. So interesting. Any other overall, you know, thoughts or tidbits as it relates to either this or any other um, compliance? Yeah, not necessarily with compliance the with the uh, 3ds 2.0, but uh, a uh, um, on the server side, on the hosting side, um, a lot of merchants. Um, and we've been—I speak from experience, just relatively recently—a um, lot of medium-sized merchants um, uh, got hit by a massive attack, uh, where st- um, a fraudster. Uh, runs a half a million credit cards um, through their gateway just to check them with uh, with zero authorizations. So they run a zero authorization or one cent authorization or whatever on half a million cards. And um, a lot of merchants uh, got uh, hit by it and they blame their gateway. And their gateway has nothing to do with it because it allows authorization. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, uh, it was not a capture transaction. It was not a awesome capture. Um, it was just zero authorizations to check. The froster was checking if the card is valid mm-hmm. or not. So approval decline kind of scenario, yes or no, zero, one, one or zero. Um, and a lot of these merchants that got hit by this attack, um, it was relatively recently, well, within a month or two uh, from this recording, um, uh, they blame the gateways. And the gateways uh, had nothing to do with it. They just, you know, complied. They see a transaction. They also write it was legitimate uh, from their perspective. Uh, yes, they took uh, maybe a few hours to a day to catch the barrage, the increased activity to red flag it because the half a million cards were run in like less than a day. So uh, the gateway could have caught this uh, quicker. But on the um, server and hosting side, um, the uh, merchant itself should be responsible and think more how to secure their their site, not just fully reliant on automation tools uh, from their payment gateway, but uh, do uh, yeah, well, some limiting. That, that kind of bot attack or that kind of, uh, you know, that kind of an anomaly happening. Do IP limiting, do uh, some limiters, uh, yeah. p- put some uh, Cloudflare um, on the servers. Yeah, uh, put we, we don't IP run into the, the problems because mm-hmm. we've got that proactively dealt with, but that's Here, really that's interesting. A huge difference. That's a huge difference to work, for example, with JetRail, C-Bound Host, because you already have it by default. And a lot of merchants with other um, uh, hosting providers, they don't think about it until they're getting hit. And uh, um, uh, IP limiting, for example, Cloudflare, that could have solved it because they see the increase, the uptick in the um, access to the site. These transactions, half a million, that's a lot, you know, in a couple of hours. And uh, uh, this is from the same IP. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> from the same, they, 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 they didn't change IP. So you could limit it to, you know, five transactions a minute, for example, from same IP. That could have at least limited the exposure. So uh, to give you an idea of the exposure, so you say, so what? You know, half a million authorizations, uh, so what? You know, I've got not, it's not a fraud. But a lot of gateways, they charge per authorization. <laughs> 25 cents, 30 cents, 10 cents per authorization. Wow. You can multiply it by, by half. You see how it uh, gets out of, uh, yeah, it gets costly real quick. 
And I can imagine those are some very interesting conversations between the gateways and the merchants because you've you've basically, you know, it's on you to secure your Exactly uh, that. Yeah. It's on, it's on merchants and they I say they refer to heard of this one yet. This they is said, look, wild. You agreed. Yeah, it is. I wanted to share with you. They they refer the the gateway company and the payment process refers them to the merchant agreement. They say, look, you agreed to pay twenty five cents per authorization, you ran half a million authorizations. You owe us this much. And the merchant says, but it wasn't me. I know. It was your client. <laughs> yes, but you agreed to pay for it. It went through your through your site. Yes? Yes. So um, don't rely solely on the gateways to keep you safe. Do proactively on the hosting level. And a lot of them don't even think about it until it hits them. But as simple as Cloudflare, forget even IP limiter and some other more detailed tools, even a Cloudflare enabled on the, uh, on the site could have on the server... Uh, protected them at least limited uh, instead of half a million would have you know one thousand right huge huge difference. I'm going to be researching this one more. I, I wish I'd I'd heard of it before. <laughs> well, we got to talk more. You <laughs> missed something in the world. news. Um, it wasn't I, in the news. It's it's a insider information without naming names, but it does happen. Um, and you know, merchants and news don't see it. Because everybody's embarrassed to talk about it. Then you will not see it unless you are in the dark forums and read uh, how people do it. Uh, but uh, yeah, <laughs> a capture would help too. Really interesting. A lot, a lot um, of interest. And you, I see it internally because we deal with it, uh, right? But it doesn't get out to the news. But it's something fun to mention um, as well in terms of the costs involved in this just authorizations. And uh, uh, a simple a simple Cloudflare could have... Uh, yeah, resolve this or minimize that at least. You can't block it completely, but you minimize the scope but significantly, significantly yeah. hundred times. Absolutely. So I, I don't think I can find a, a higher point for us to start wrapping up on that. <laughs> I love when knowledge get, gets dropped like that. Um, there you go, uh, Alex. Um, you know, really, really a pleasure having you back on. I'm looking forward to. Uh, to doing it again sometime soon, you know, keep coming up with stuff like that. Uh, for our listeners, um, as always, thank you for tuning in. Uh, I will share in the notes uh, information about orgs and things that are helping folks affected by COVID-19 in the e-commerce community. So if you do know a business um, that needs help getting into e-commerce uh, on the faster side of things or that's having challenges uh, uh, that they could use some volunteers or um, some solutions uh, to help route them to folks that can help them. Uh, there are some great uh, initiatives and organizations that have been popping up, uh, and I'll be sure to include some of that as, as part of a public service announcement. For, uh, for In general, we really appreciate you tuning in. And so if you do have thoughts, if you'd like to share any, uh, any information, feel free to rate us uh, wherever you listen to find podcasts like this. Um, videos available on YouTube and Facebook in full, uh, as well as uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, you're going to find our Jet Rails podcast. And with that, um, happy selling. Uh, stay safe, stay healthy. And uh, Alex, you want to get the final word today? It's been fun. Thank you. Invite me again. Let's do it again. <laughs>